Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to My Team, My Voice with MTMV Sports. And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice. And as always, or at least as always in this um, reintroduction of the main card, I've got um, my co-host with all the spicy taste, just just, just the uh, just the perfect wingman. Just set you up and allow, allow brother to knock it out the park. None other than... Uh, the utility man for MTMV Sports. Uh, he, he gets it in everywhere, every which way uh, you, you ask about it soon. He'll be covering uh, competitive uh, eating uh, for for uh, <laughs> for crispy. <laughs> it's Will T. What's going on, Will? Man, that's the that's the perfect intro, man. That's that's, that's a Hall of Fame intro right there. So I'm 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 excited to be here, man. I'm I'm here with the, the man, the myth, the legend, the MTMV combat curator, the voice. I, I know you're excited because we got a lot to cover today. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, let's just get into it, yo. It's 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 so much. The first thing I definitely want to talk about last Saturday, <laughs> and one of the funniest things I've ever seen, uh, Tank Davis and Rolando Romero uh, actually fought uh, with Davis winning um, and remaining undefeated with a six round TKO. Now, the the pre fight uh, press conference was hilarious to me, and here Romero talk. But, boys, what was your thoughts on this fight? And where do both of these fighters go from here? Um, This was a fight that when initially made, I had little to no interest in. I'm so glad that... Well, let me not say that. Or let, let me choose how I say this carefully. I'm glad that the fight was delayed. I'm not glad for the things that led to the fight's delay, mm-hmm. but I'm glad that the fight was delayed because it did make it a better fight. Um, that fight with Cruz brought something out of um, out of Tank that we hadn't seen before, so it elevated him to another level. It gave Roley an opportunity to uh, to hone his craft when it comes to the uh, showmanship and and. Uh, the way that he strung words together against someone who we know historically uh, is not the best on the mic. Uh, he he took full advantage of that time and that opportunity and really made it something to watch. I know you spoke about the pre-fight uh, press conference, not only what was being said, but uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen all the angles of uh, Roly falling off of the platform. No, but I saw one recently. I mean, literally, the front of his feet were hanging off the front of it. What? Who does that? That that's the reason why you know someone could give you an itty bitty push and you fall off the uh, the the stage. Who stands that close to the edge when you got this multi million dollar fight on the line and you know you could fall and hurt yourself and it's a done deal it's like <laughs> well I, I guess you know when you're 24 and you feel like you're invincible you do those kind of things you also come in with your chin up and get caught I love the fight I had it 
two rounds apiece mm-hmm. going into the fifth round, I believe. And then I, it was either the fourth or the fifth round. I can't remember. One of them was just way too close for me to call. I was like, look, I don't know who won that fight. Mm-hmm. I mean, that round. I was like, okay, we'll we'll just kind of wait. And I was going to watch it back if I needed to uh, towards uh, when the fight was over to see who I felt won. But I didn't need to because in the sixth round, like I said, Roley came in, all chinned up. You know, I'm throwing this hook. I'm all the way over here. Boop. Tank uh, stepped around and it was it was a done deal. Uh, <laughs> seeing Tank in the Ray Mysterio mask and uh, the <laughs> meme of Ray doing his thing through the uh, through the ropes it was uh, yeah that that was funny. That was funny. Were you, now were you surprised that Romero won the rounds that he won? Because I, I know a lot of people were saying they were shocked that Tank didn't dominate the fight the way they felt and should have. I'm not looking at the fight in its totality. I'm not surprised just because of how Tank approached the fight. I mean, you are in the corner. Your coach is like, Tank, listen, you hear me? You hear me, huh? Because, you know, his, I don't know if you paid attention, but his uh, trainer ends everything with, huh? Uh, uh, MTMV Live, huh? <laughs> You're doing that podcast, huh? So everything is, huh? He was like, Tank, you hear me, huh? And Tank was just in another world. He was talking to his mama, and he was talking to someone who he said would remain nameless, but we know it was Ryan Garcia. So he's doing all these things, not paying attention. So because of that, no, I don't find it surprising that Roley uh, won the rounds that he won. And if he continued to fight the way that he did in those rounds, then then this... um, delusion that he is uh crafted in his head of him winning the whole fight until he lost wouldn't be a delusion you know he he start getting wild and start getting uh caught and that was you know really the thing i mean and tank helped with that because of his movement but um but yeah i mean i i he had wrote i had it at least two to one going into the third uh, again, the fourth round, I think that was the one that was too close to call. I feel like the fifth round I gave to um, uh, the fifth round, I, I believe I gave to Tank and then sixth round, it was uh, it was a done deal. So so do you think we finally get the uh, the Tank-Ryan Garcia fight that people have been clamoring for? It depends. Because Tank, the whole fight camp was, you know, I'm done with Mayweather. You know, this is it. He, uh, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Then we get to a couple of days before, uh, you know, my, you know, we'll have to see what happens after this with my management team. I mean, you know, uh, uh, Leonard Ellaby and, and Al Heyman, you know, and, and Mayweather promotions, they, they've been the best for me. And, you know, so it's so whatever my team says, like, oh, come on, man. We, we, you were talking like you were your own man. Now you're back in this public situation. So who knows? Well, I mean, we'll definitely see see what happens. It was an entertaining fight. I, I think Romero did show us, you know, a little something with the, the time that he stuck in there. But I mean, that that knockout in the sixth round, it, it could have happened to anybody. He just kind of walked into that. So yeah, that's fine. I mean, so, where, where does Tank go from here? Hopefully, he goes on to fight the marquee people 
at mm-hmm. 135 and you got you have Garcia, which I think is uh is low hanging fruit. I feel like he killed Garcia. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. We'll see how he looks uh against Tago. And that's Garcia against Tago mm-hmm. in July. But the fact that you left um you left the gym where Canelo's training and you went to dang Goosen. That still that still does not <laughs> rub me the right way. I think I've said this before. I mean, Goosen yeah, was did. cold back in the day. You know, he was cold back in the day. But he has not done very well by fighters ooh, in a good decade or so. So we'll see. Well, I mean, that's a good argument. I'm of the thought process that I would love to see him and Ryan Garcia get get into the ring only because I feel like it's an unknown. I feel like Ryan Garcia might get in there and shock people a little bit. I mean, ultimately, I think Tank still wins that, but I, I think it goes further than people are saying. It does. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Like, again, uh, you never know until fights actually happen, but mm-hmm. Ryan was dropped by a washed... Hmm, who was that? It was what? either Lenares or... Say that again. It was the last fight, right? I think it was his last Ryan, fight. Just... Ryan, last fight. Because he ended up coming back and, and knocking him out after mm-hmm. he knocked him out. I, I, can't, I can't think of who it is. Yeah, I, I can't think of who it is either. I feel like it was Lenares or Gamboa. It was somebody who was washed. And if you're getting dropped, and it was a fairly clean drop, like... And usually, when you see people fall and their hands are behind their back, they they generally don't make the count and get up. So kudos to him for doing that. But if that's happening with a wash fighter, what's going to happen with somebody in their prime who is arguably the hardest puncher at that weight class? I just it, to me and, and um. Luke Campbell, Luke Campbell, that's who it was. Luke Campbell, sure was, sure was. Luke Campbell. Um, so not quite as washed, but still well past. Uh, or I should say past his prime, past his prime, because it, it probably his prime was a couple years ago when he fought. Um, I want to call him Volkanovski, but that's not his name. Uh, Loma, when he fought Loma, that was a great, great fight over in the UK. Oh my goodness, that was a good fight. Um, that was probably his best performance in his prime since then. He, you know, he just kind of is. But yeah, that that's why I'm not. Anyway, we'll, time will tell. We'll see. Uh, I think it would be a very exciting lead up to the fight. It would be a very hyped fight, a fight that everyone's going to want to see. Uh, but I don't. Um, again, T- Tank has shown that not only is he a slugger. But that he can box. He showed us that in the Isak Cruz fight. So, yeah, uh, and and the the lack of what's the word? Stability. The lack of stability that Ryan Garcia has shown in his career just makes me think that Tank would be a bit too much to uh, to chew on. Well, speaking of big fights in Canelo, uh, we're on the horizon of two major fights coming up. 
Uh, that's Canelo Triple G3 uh, and Errol Spence Jr. versus Terrence Crawford. So the, the question I have for you, boys, in these two fights, which fight do you think is the bigger marquee fight? I, I, I know what I think and, and what I believe people probably want to see more, but I want to get your thoughts. Which fight do you think is, is actually going to be the bigger fight? Mm, you know what? And even in you saying that, I feel like I know where you're going. So I'm just going to ask you to, to lead off. Tell me which one you think is is bigger. And then I'll share with you why I believe a certain fight is bigger than another. Personally, I think Spence Jr. and Crawford is the bigger fight because we haven't seen it. We've seen Triple G and Canelo go at each other two other times. And yes, it, it's, it's a fight of two individuals who truly don't like each other. But I think Spence Jr. and Crawford is one... I feel like that could be a, a bout of the year candidate because it's two individuals who literally want to prove that they're the best and they've been grounded about each other for Lord knows how long. And I just think it's time to see the fight. So if to see something fresh and two people who you know are out, I, I think that is the bigger fight between the two. Now, of course, Canelo Triple G is probably going to make more money uh, based off of their names. But if I had a choice, I, I want to see Spence Jr. and Crawford. And and you really hit the nail on the head with your assessment. The more important fight is Spence Crawford because that's going to really establish who's pound for pound best. And even if not pound for pound best, at least the best at 147. But because they're both so highly ranked in pound for pound, they're fighting against each other. To me, it, it would be who's pound for pound best, especially, um, especially after, yeah, especially after uh, Canelo's recent misstep. Although it really wasn't a misstep, he just they're weight classes for a reason, and he thought he was he was better than he is, and forgot that he lost the fight with a Wash Kovalev until he caught him with that one too. Lost every single round. Had he realized or thought about that, then things may have been a bit different. He probably wouldn't have taken that fight. He would have taken a different fight. Anyway, um, so most important fight? Yes, it is Spence Crawford all day long. This fight should have been made at least two, possibly three years ago. And, you know, it's just been this game, this dance, this dance the whole time. PBC uh, wouldn't even acknowledge Crawford as a champion on their pay-per-views i mean it got super duper petty so from that standpoint it's the most important but you're dealing with the number one fighter in the sport in canelo and i've I've said this before when it comes to fight sports fan bases the mexican-american fan base is hands down the best doesn't matter who's fighting who if there's a Mexican-American in it, it is going to be supported. And here is the the, the most Mexican, or he's not Mexican-American, but the most Mexican of all fighters who fights in America in Canelo. I mean, yeah. So the biggest fight? And then not only that, you're fighting against someone who arguably beat you twice, but that wasn't given, uh, wasn't given that... Um, that level of consideration 
You know, first time was a draw. Mm-hmm. I was like, that was not a draw. Second time, you know, they said Canelo won. That one was a closer fight. Uh, you really could have given it to anyone. So that one wasn't as bad. You know, so now they're fighting again. Um, as I said, this is a 40-year-old, um, a 40-year-old Triple G who's different than I start thinking of some other fighters who won in their advanced age. People like George Foreman. People like Bernard Hopkins. But the difference between those two people that we just spoke of, those two Hall of Famers, and the future Hall of Famer in Triple G is they both had periods of time when they weren't fighting. And they both fought in ways that allowed them to fight on much longer uh you know with heavyweights you know you just kind of stand there you don't have to move too much you know land them lunch boxes and be done which is what big george did you know he he could have some movement but uh we saw with even a declined uh ali was able to just move around on the ropes and frustrate it because it was too much movement with bernard hopkins you know he had his, his time uh, away uh, before he came home that took away from fighting time you know uh, I, I feel like Foreman was gone for like 10 years before he came back and fought again but you had that time away that kept him from fighting time and then you know with uh, where he's from his style of fighting was one that could be done for a long time because he, he wasn't he wasn't moving all the time. You know, you're an old man, whether we, whether he was old older or not, he wasn't doing a lot of moving. It was hit and hold. That was Bernard Hopkins style. Hit hold, make it dirty, you know, rough you up, make you mad, hit hold, and that's how he won fights. So you can do that for a long time. Triple G moves. Sometimes he'll stand with you toe-to-toe, take your bl- your best shot and give you his. You know, he, he uh, catches and shoots. He does do some some head movement, but his head movement is slowed down a bit. It's just getting older. So mm-hmm. it's a different kind of 40-plus of fighter than the two that I mentioned before. Um, how all that's going to play out, who knows? I'm looking forward to it. He's got, you know, a couple months, and we'll be talking about this all over again. So I might as well shut up on, on this right now. But uh, the biggest fight, the fight that's going to get the most attention, the fight that's going to have the most sales is Canelo Triple G. The most important fight, though, is even though even though that that's a hard one to say. Or I should say the most important fight for the future is, um, is Spencer Crawford. And the only reason why I walked that one back a little bit is that if Triple G pulls out the victory, it wa- it wipes away everything that happened before. He wins now at his advanced age. That overshadows anything else because there was already a cloud of conspiracy over those other two fights. He wins this one and wins it dominantly because he was he'll have to. There's no way to beat Canelo and not do so dominantly. 
we saw that even with the b-ball cards everybody watching that fight know that it was nowhere near 115 to 113 <laughs> at the no. minimum it was 116 um uh, 112 or 117 one i think 117 112 i think i'm getting my numbers mixed up either way it goes it wasn't a, a round uh one round swing in that fight but it was in vegas and uh the only person who can beat canelo in vegas is mayweather so um so yeah anyway like i said we'll have uh many more conversations like this so i might as well stop talking about this because we're going to talk about some more uh as the months continue to move forward yeah, it's going to be a lot of great implications on on both fights. I, I do believe that that Canelo Triple G is going to be huge if Triple G wins. So let's let's move forward to another another set of fighters who have bad blood between them. Uh, Conor McGregor and uh, Masvidal are literally going back and forth on Twitter. Uh, they've been going back and forth uh, through the media. Um, Right now, from what I'm hearing today, is that Masvidal uh, was in the media saying that uh, McGregor was offered the fight um, between him and, and Masvidal and that he's ducking him. So with McGregor still, I guess, rehabbing uh, from that gruesome leg injury that he suffered, is this a smart fight for him to take for his comeback fight? I mean, he, if, if, I'm, if I'm being honest, he never really seems to be completely focused on MMA fighting because just a couple of days ago he was talking about how he wanted to return to boxing also. So is this the the right fight for him? Because Masvidal wants blood and wants a little bit. Yeah. Um, yes. I, I would. I, I say that this would be probably the best fight for him to. No, I can't say that. I can't say that. I want to say yes, just because of Masvidal's decline. I mean, he hasn't won since he beat Nate Diaz back in 2018, maybe 2019. So mm-hmm. it's been a minute since he has won a fight. Because of that, it's a good person to come back to because the likelihood of you being able to beat him is a lot higher just because of his decline. But with Connor's decline as well, Connor's decline, then also who Connor has been facing. He's been facing uh, the best of the best. Habib, best to ever do it. Uh, Dustin, one of the best ever to to do it. Um, There was much talk of, and it's still being floated out there, that he may face High Ridge, Missouri's own Michael Chandler, which that would be very interesting. And just because of chandler's because chandler has been knocked out on more than one occasion that makes it a bit more interesting because all kind of needs to do is land the one shot although chandler has been putting it on everybody even in defeat he's been putting it on everybody so um that's the fight i would like to see most and that's just because of my st louis bias and i would hope they kind of got whooped by uh, Chandler but the best fight for him to come back to and the fight that actually probably makes the most sense 
is for him to come back and uh and complete the trilogy with Nate Diaz. That's a fight that he can win, hands down, because because Nate does not use really his best skill, which is his jujitsu. He wants to stand and bang. The jujitsu comes in if it goes to the ground versus mixing things up and get using his striking to move into grappling uh, where he has the greatest advantage so that's really the fight that should happen um will it happen i don't know i don't know you have to ask how much more time these two guys have left in the mma circle like i mean both slightly declining so we it's almost like you have to have this fight before it gets to be too late so it's like it's almost like if, if mcgregor is going to take the fight he needs to take the fight once he's fully recovered because we, as all with injury, we never know what's going to happen. But they can't really keep putting it off if they're going to decide to do it. Well, here's the thing: that's a fight that, whenever it happens, is going to be big, and because of contracts. And I know that Diaz is on the last fight of his contract. I think, not I think, I know he wants to fight out his contract and go box for Diaz as well as for McGregor it would be much more meaningful and lucrative outside of the UFC than in the UFC because they don't have to cut anybody else in they get all the money so that fight is is really kind of always there and I could see that fight happening a couple years down the road when they're not with the UFC anymore um but it, it, if he were wise, that would be the fight to make. And for Diaz, even though it would be more lucrative for him outside of the UFC, that may be the one and only fight that he can have that'll get him out. Because every other thing that they've been giving him, he's been like, no, 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 I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. You all are just trying to serve me up to killers to, uh, to kill my market value. Win or lose he fights McGregor he's not gonna lose you know so he'll be undefeated after that now one card and one uh, organization that's not undefeated is one championship (laughs) and uh, who knows that could be a landing spot for um, for Diaz after he finishes his UFC contract Uh, they've got a card coming up on uh, June the 3rd um, it's v- visible or I should say you can view it via YouTube and this one is pretty uh, or I should say the headlining card at least is a kickboxing card so uh, it's not that's not there's not a lot of meat on the bone from a boxing or MMA perspective uh, even though they've uh, hosted both boxing and Uh, there will be MMA on this Uh, there's one fight to pay attention to or I should say if there were one fight to look for on this card uh, it'd be the Marcus Bouchesha fight he's fight I don't know who he's fighting it doesn't really matter (laughs) because that's how one does it they actually build their fighters and uh, Bouchesha is a world renowned Brazilian Jiu Jitsu player 
that's why this is important to watch now he's been trying to get fights for a while but due to either uh fighters pulling out for undisclosed reasons having covid other stuff he hasn't had the fights that he wants he said that by this time in his career he wanted to have had six fights and this is just the third one and he's fighting like the third or fourth person that he was supposed to fight at this designated time uh you know just for this card so he, he's looking forward to getting in there uh he's just preparing for a fight he can't game plan anymore because he doesn't know who he's fighting because it changes so often uh but to see kind of where he goes and his progression is definitely uh, something to pay close attention to as he has the at least BJJ skill set to take on anyone and possibly win even without having uh, the, the striking pedigree or the wrestling pedigree that others may have uh, included in their mixed martial arts versus just being a single uh, discipline that's definitely gonna be good. Definitely uh, great to see. I, I like the fact you said, like you know, how they build up their fighters. That's, I, I feel like that's the best way to create excitement instead of just constantly feeding these, you know, lower tier individuals, so to speak, to to your monsters, and it, it doesn't create any balance. So I definitely love to see that. Well, uh, I don't, I don't know about that. I'm sorry, because <laughs> that that's how you build fighters is that you you feed them somebody they can beat, and that's not. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. But you gotta, but you gotta build them up. You can't just—it'll—it'll it'll be a fighter who has like two fights in, and then you got them facing uh, like the WBC like Muay Thai world champion. Like I—I I just don't think that's how you build up fighters or build up uh, a, a company in in the best way because you're immediately taking away any kind of ability that fighter is able to build up. Okay, and and I'll say this. Um... When it comes to matchmaking, the UFC is probably um, the most, for lack of a better term, cannibalistic, um, because they, they there will be some matchmaking where it's like, ooh, um, you know that that guy's a killer, and mm-hmm. that guy's a killer, and they actually should be fighting other people and and climbing up the ranks side by side, not not taking out each other at this juncture, but. Uh, or junction, I should say, with with Bellator and with um, with most other MMA promotions, you do see a bit more building. Um, and usually, now you said uh, th- this one guy taking on a, a, a Muay Thai champion. Even if that does happen, if it's an MMA, that's a whole different ball of wax because you're mixing the martial arts now, and you're not uh, just because you're a great striker doesn't mean that. Uh, this this guy who you may know not know anything about, but may have been a D two uh, All American like Usman. Usman was not uh, he didn't he wasn't D one he was D two and he is arguably the best fighter in all of MMA at this time. You know this guy from from Dagestan this this part of the world that nobody knows exists out in the mountains somewhere wrestling bears as kids coming and killing everybody. <laughs> You you just you just don't know because it's mixed martial arts, and it's how well you can employ your primary martial art, or I should say how well you can mix your primary martial art in with the others that that matters. There's a whole lot of boxing and kickboxing 
and uh wrestling and bjj champions that have come in and gotten smoked by uh some people who don't have the same kind of credentials that's the the, the bear remark has got me that's a, that's a great point when we come back uh, covering even more uh, of, of the great fights you want to hear about UFC uh, boxing also uh, talking about Ken versus uh, Evan Haney when we come back uh, MTMV Sports the main card the voice we'll see we'll be right back Keep it locked right here. You are listening to MTMB Sports. And welcome back, boys. We got more uh, fighting to get into. Are you ready for this? Oh, yes. Coming up, the acclaimed UFC Apex in Nevada. Uh, former Bellator heavyweight champion Alexander Volkov will actually take on Jorindo Rosenstroke. Uh, now, I'm seeing a lot of people uh, not as excited about this because of both fighters' styles. So, boys, what do you feel about this heavyweight matchup and what should we be expecting? <laughs> uh, you should be expecting um, the unexpected. What I mean by that is this. Both uh, Drago, which is Volkov's nickname, and Biggie Boy, which is Rosa Short's uh, nickname, they they have mixed performances. They have mixed performances. Uh, Volkov can look like a world killer. He can remind you that he was a champion in Bellator at times, and then at other times he can be a bit timid. Um, Rosenstroy has shown himself primarily to be a counter striker. So if you don't engage with him, you know, really engage with him, if you just kind of stay out on the, the end and, and jab like Cyril Ghan did, it can be a long 25 minutes because Rosenstroke's not going to really do anything. So this is the reason why um, there are mixed emotions about this fight now the poster says that they combined for 33 knockouts which they have and that's kind of what they're hanging their hat on that hopefully someone will get in there and do something to knock the other person out but if that doesn't happen uh it could be a fairly passive uh event so yeah just expect the unexpected because you don't know what to expect it could be one extreme or the other yeah, I was I was actually reading that a lot of people feel as though that uh, it's more or less the stamina and the unpredictability of Volkov that people are really not too excited about. Um, I I kind of looked up some, some of his pre-fights. I kind of see what mean about it, but it's it's two heavyweights. I mean, how do you how can you not be excited about two heavyweights? <laughs> getting- <laughs> Here's how you cannot be excited about two heavyweights throwing uh, uh, lunchboxes at each other. Just watch Derek Lewis versus Francis Ngannou. 
that'll do it for you you have two of the most prolific knockout artists in ufc history i don't think anyone has more knockouts than Derek lewis no one has more vicious knockouts or hits harder than francis Ngannou. and they played patty cake for 15 minutes and i think they wound up getting booed out the arena by the time it was all over it's like what are you all doing we just knew that this fight was going to be bananas we didn't know that it was going to be two people who slipped on a banana peel and had to use life alert because they couldn't get up to fight it's like what is going on here so that that's the reason why um you know just yeah just because it's, it's two people throwing them bows uh two big guys throwing bows that doesn't yeah they, if they're not throwing and they're just standing around looking at each other yes it, it, it's things are a little different, a little different. That, makes, that makes me sad but I'm, I'm gonna hope for the best for that now yeah. i you know this next one i've been excited to talk about right and you know why well hold on before before that uh don't forget i got my boys as marquee matchup for uh, that which is <laughs> alonzo minifield versus uh asker mozahara now some people have kind of poo-pooed this because neither of these fighters have done a whole lot in recent history but let's look at their body of work shall we alonzo minifield has stopped or i should say of his wings 95 i mean 91 percent of them have been by stoppage but asker it's been 90 percent of his victims have been by stoppage so it's very very rare in a win that either of these guys goes to the scorecard with that high probability of the fight ending that's why it's a voices marking matchup there should be more excitement or at least i should say a highlight reel stoppage in this fight or should say it's highly highly probable uh the dan ige fight is going to be really really good too uh i think he's, he's taking on uh uh Movlev, uh and, and I, i'm not i can't pronounce his first or last name correctly i think Movlev is his last name anyway that's going to be a, that's going to be a very interesting fight just because of uh of of the other guy's skills not ege's but the other guy's skills and him going up against ege who is a uh bona fide fighter and someone you have to get past before you can really be considered a contender but again the one where there should be the most fireworks is minifield and most horror okay i mean if, if you say it's the marquee we already know it's going to be uh, a superstar in the making exciting fight so i'm definitely not gonna not gonna doubt that definitely looking forward to it hopefully it's overall a great card it's a lot of great fights on that uh ufc fight night out so uh definitely looking towards to a lot of fights <laughs> what I'm seeing, I, I, don't know, I don't know about great but there are a lot of fights and, and it's, it's the <laughs> kind of card yeah I, I don't but it, it's the kind of card that it's very easy for it to overperform because there's not a lot of uh, expectation going into. It. Well, okay, so I'm always trying to see the, the positive of of everything, 
I'm I'm looking at it like it is. I mean, because I, I still also hear uh, they have the uh, the women's flyweight, which is uh, uh, I think Karen Silva versus uh, Bot- Botler. Oh, uh, Botello, yeah, yeah, uh, Pollyanna Botello. Botello. Yeah, yeah that that that, of- that has some uh, that has some potential. They that there are a lot of fights. There are some mm-hmm. good fights. There are a lot. There, yeah, it, I can't say there's a lot of good fights on this card. There are a lot of fights on the card. There are a lot of fights that could turn out to be good, but mm-hmm. uh, time time will tell. Well, I know one fight that's about to be good, and I'm excited to talk about this because you know. When it's when it's feeling in the building, I'm I'm always for it. So, uh, the man Stephen Fulton Jr. is going to be defending his WBC and WEO super superman weight titles. Uh, he's going to be facing Daniel Bryan, and, and that's going to be on Showtime. So, Fulton's been he's he talking a little spicy a lot lately. You know, now he he does have a lot to bring into it. And in his last 14 fights, he's actually defeated. Eight former champions, and I believe nine of those fights were undefeated fighters. Um, he's come out, he's promised victory against Roman, and he's actually already looking past him possibly. So, wait, so I gotta ask you, you know, you know, it's Philly, so I'm I'm always going with my people. <laughs> Is Fulton being too confident? And what should we expect from this bout? I can't say that he's being too confident. He's just being who he is, confident. I mean, number one, you have to have an insane, insane level of confidence to have a ducktail in 2022. I don't respect a man who has... Now, I do respect Steph's skills, but it's hard for me to respect a man with a ducktail past 1992. Even I had to cut mine off then. It's 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 2022, brother. The, the last person of note to have a duck tail was JaVale McGee. Let it go. Let it go. But they bring back cross color, you know what I mean? They, uh-huh. they bring back how can they make a house party? Why can't we get the red the, 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 the duck tail back or, or whatever? I don't the, understand. There, there, there are some things that transcend time and that can come forward you know because all things uh styles and stuff come back around that's one no see feel like in ganu would have had that we wouldn't be having this conversation because you would have just backed it but it's okay no uh-uh. i would i would i would have the same statements like i respect his skills i respect that he could probably kill me with his breath but it's hard for me to respect a man with a ducktail past 1992 it's just hard it's hard but anyway uh, one one thing i do one thing i do respect about uh fulton and his skills is that he's done a lot of of good work and he's a true boxer you know only ako so don't expect this one to um to, to be stopped soon this is going to be a technical match uh skill for skill and Fulton's gonna be there the whole time he said that he was doing 30 to 40 minutes straight of training during Ramadan and that's gone up to 50 uh minutes now that Ramadan is passing he's able to eat and and things of that nature so he's gonna be there 
all 12 rounds. He has the right to have that level of confidence because he's taking on uh, Roman, who, though he's still very, very dangerous, much of his much of his claim to fame was a while ago. You know, it, you know, he he beat Tevin Farmer back in 2020. You know, but then he lost his titles to Akhmadali. I'm sorry, no, he lost his titles to Akhmadaliyev uh, in 2020 on the same fight that uh, Tevin Farmer fought JoJo Diaz. Uh, that was that Super Bowl fight put on by the uh, Zone. It was like uh, on a Thursday of of the Super Bowl that week. Um, Roman is a fighter though He is a fighter And he is a former champion Former IBF champ Former WBA champ uh, They will be fighting for the WBC And WBO uh, Super Bantamweight titles In this one So uh, if Roman were to win uh, These are two It wouldn't be new to him to be a titleist But it would be new to him to hold These specific titles Um the fight's going to take place at the Armory in uh, Minneapolis, which has been has become a spot for boxing. Uh, really, like right before the pandemic, uh, TGB Promotions has been putting on cards there uh, fairly consistently since around 2019-2018. Because they're in Minnesota, it could be fairly neutral. Fulton is from Philly, as you said, trains out of Danny Swift Garcia's gym there. Uh, but Minnesota is a bit away from Philly. So is Minnesota a bit away from California, which is where Danny Roman is from and where he trains as well. However, I said it before, the Mexican-American uh, contingency is about that life when it comes to martial arts specifically for boxing more than, than anything else so um, it should be fairly even however uh, he may have being Roman may have a bit more uh, support as far as the crowd is concerned Roman has dropped some folks you know a couple fights back uh, his fight of the year with TJ Doheny he dropped him I think he dropped him a couple times in that fight uh, but again, I see it being a very tactical affair and with the endurance that Fulton has been able to build uh, by training the way that he has. I, I expect him to be the host. It should be a good fight. It should be a really good tactical fight. Looking forward to seeing it. And I knew you would because it was uh, uh, it, it was someone from, from Illy Philly. I'm I'm excited, but he he kind of gave me a scare in his last fight. I, I, it wasn't the best fight I've seen him in. Um, so hopefully he he comes out and he just straight pulls out the way. Philly all day, you know what I'm saying? So that, that's that's what that's about. Um, let's move on to um a actually a rematch of the 2019 Ring Magazine Fight of the Year. Uh, we're fighting the high and rematch that everyone's been asking for between uh in Yahweh and Nuya. <laughs> I'm butchering that mm-hmm. name. Uh, uh <laughs> mo- the monster, just call the him mon- the monster. <laughs> See, I didn't want to just call him the monster because I was like, let me let me try to say 
in uh, uh look now, not now i can't even think of what the man's name his last name is in a way his brother's last name is in a way as well uh no um god and i can't pull his his name up uh uh well he's fighting down there yeah see i want the people to know for the names that i can pronounce there's a system that allows me to to learn the names and i learn names and even when i'd be excited to, to say it and voice be like no no that's, that's still not it i think they're pronouncing it it's, wrong too. So, it's not oh. no nyoya in a way <laughs> there you go nyoya in, in a way uh versus uh nonito denaire and this is part two um so their first bout happened in uh 2019 it was actually the ring magazine uh fight of the year and in that first uh bout uh Inoue was actually able to come out victorious um during that fight he unified the wba and the ibf titles now take on this fight uh Donera is actually coming back as a champion winning the wbc title mm-hmm. so what makes it even more exciting is that uh, not only have both fighters been calling for the rematch so i let us on this point how do you feel about the rematch? And should we be expecting another fighter of the year candidate between these two? Absolutely. To the, to the last point. This, for, for the fights this month in boxing, it, it really doesn't get much better than uh, the monster uh, versus Donaire. Now, granted, uh, the last fight that we talk about today is a fight that should be also probably or i should say has the potential to be fight of the year as well but because we have seen this fight before and in a way it's just looked better and better each fight and what makes this even more exciting is that donaire has looked better and better each fight which is mind-blowing because a man is is gonna be 40 at the end of this year how do you get better as you're getting past your physical prime and again we'll, we'll go back to what we were talking about earlier with uh triple g and him being 40 donaire in his fighting style yeah he, he he's not he's not you know hitting and holding you know he he's he's getting in there and slipping punches and and delivering punches very hard punches let us not forget that in this fight of the year candidate like round one or so or within at least the first three rounds donaire broke in a ways eye socket and in a way still came back and won the whole fight i mean it, it, it was a tightly contested battle for sure but it was clear that in a way won and he won with a broken eye socket just craziness um one thing that i wonder about this is the pressure to live up to what happened before right uh like i said in a way's brother is a boxer as well he's on this car he's in the co-main the last time they fought they uh fought or should say last time they fought together was was when in a way won the world boxing super series uh event against donaire in the same arena it's at saitama a uh, super arena all that is the same but will again will the pressure to outdo what they did before be too much for in a way because donaire's been fighting for like ever i mean donaire 
has been just just doing the thing. He's been fighting since 2001. And his first pro loss was to Daniel Cormier's boxing coach. Yeah, the Daniel Cormier, the MMA guy. Yeah, his boxing coach is a, the first person that Donaire ever lost to. Daniel Cormier has retired from the UFC. And his boxing coach has been with him the whole time. And you're telling me that the first loss this man had was to this guy, this guy's boxing coach, who's boxing at that time? This just shows you how long Nonito has been doing this. Can he continue to roll back the clock or at least roll it back one more time? He said entering the World Boxing Super Series caused him to feel rejuvenated. And, you know, even though he lost, you saw he came out and he hasn't lost since then. Uh, he went into the interway fight feeling as if he could win things. And he thinks the same way now, which... You better think that way if you're a fighter. You shouldn't be going into a well. I might win. I might lose. Not in fighting. You know, if we're playing pool, okay. Basketball, that's all right. Football, eh, that's okay. A fight? No. Uh, <laughs> you need not to take a fight if you don't believe that you're going to win going in. Um, when he came out of the ring, though, he thought, you know what? I can beat him. I know what I did wrong, and I think I can beat him. He went in thought, thinking that, hey, I can just bully this kid and I'm going to win the fight. But he knows now. It's like, okay, I've been in there with him. I can't bully him, but I know what to do. I'm And I'm bringing my full skill set. I'm not coming to bully him. I'm coming to box him. So, yeah. And, and on top of all that, last time they fought, he wasn't using his, his gloves. Donaire wasn't. Donaire was using, in a ways, backup gloves. Because of everything being in Japan and an issue with his gloves getting cleared, he didn't have any of his gloves there to fight with, so he had to use, in a way's backup pair that was already cleared by the commission. But this time, he'll have his Everlast gloves, which he said, you know, that's what he's used to fighting it with, and those are puncher's gloves, unlike what he had last time. But he said, even with that, in a way, it's coming in with Ray ass gloves, and anyone who knows boxing <laughs> knows if you want to knock somebody out, put some Ray ass on, put them horse hairs on, and then see what happens. So, all of that plays so much into the intrigue for uh, this fight, it, it plays into it so much. Can in a way steamroll Donaire as he has everyone else or will this be another fight of the year can Donaire win it all because he, he's you know kind of like Fulton you said it seems like he was looking past uh Roman well not that he's looking past him but Donaire is like look I want to be the undisputed champ so I want to beat in a way and then I want to go after John Rael Casemiro because I want all the belts so that there's there's so much on the line in this fight and so much intrigue and so much great history that yeah that again um for the month of june this fight to me holds the most weight okay i can i can understand i i think even if it doesn't live to the fight of the year in 2019 it's still going to be up there because like I said they're, they're not only fighting for 
the, the title basically going to continue to unify the titles but I feel like this one is one thing where they're fighting for pride because the last fight was incredible even if you go back and you watch it you know that's you know down there at a loss but it, it was like watching two gladiators literally just kind of go at each other consistently and that's that's not something that you always see so when you get a chance to see it you want to see it again so I'm definitely uh, looking forward to that now going from one fight to another fight to be excited about I know you always have your marquee uh, marquee matchup if, if I had one this one would be it um, because there's so much anticipation behind it. Uh, George Cambosis is going to be taking on uh, Devin Haney on June 5th at Marvel Stadium in Melbourne, uh, Australia. So we'll get to see the WBC light heavyweight, the lightweight champion um, taking on uh, the WBA, IBF, WBO, and the ring lightweight champion. Um, so the winner of this fight is actually going to do something that has not been done since one of my goats, Pernell Whitaker in 1990. So the winner of this fight is going to become the unbeauted white champion. I'm excited for it. I want to see it. We've covered this recently when we talked about uh, Bill Haney being denied. Now, he was actually still denied with the visa, and um, they tried to uh, like have him body um, by having an earpiece in Haney's ear. That was denied also. So they've come up with something. Hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. They wanted Devin to wear an earpiece? Yes. If you, if you take a look at it, um, top, I believe Top Ranked actually turned down the opportunity of having him wear something in his ear on the way out to the fight, and they were denied that also. Okay, so um, not, not in the ring, just on his way to the ring. I, it's not. It's not really clear. They just said that it was going to be an earpiece that he was going to that he was going to wear. Now, from what I saw, it was for him to go to the ring. Then I read another article that said they wanted him to have it in the ring, and that just didn't make any sense. Yeah, that uh-huh. that doesn't make good nonsense. I, I would, as a boxing or I should say a combat sports commission, to let someone yeah. enter the arena of combat with an electronic device in their ear is that's malpractice because all you have to do is get hit there once one good time that thing shoots shards into your ear and destroy uh destroy your equilibrium forever you know because it destroys your ear yeah now that's yeah i don't know what they were talking about if anything um having yoel judah where said earpiece would be a different uh, that that I could see them trying to do and them saying no that's not uh you because you, you, you pretty much you are circumventing the um you're circumventing the system and they're not gonna let you do that. So to clarify, this two hour visa was hopes were dashed. The handicap were also denied the use of a headset so the deal communicate with an in-between rounds. Mm. And it was the night hockey in Bosa's camp. I so, don't blame. But I don't really see. I mean, I guess I can see how that could be an edge for him. But come on, an earpiece. Like, do you do you really need that much of a of an edge? You feel to do that? Like, well, it's it's bit? not even so much an edge as. This is the person that has guided your entire career. 
Mm-hmm. So having and, and the reason that they cannot be in the corner is because they are not allowed by the government to come in and work. Okay, you won't let me come in and work. I'll uh, I'll telecommute there and, and do it. No, no, th- th- I could see if this were uh, a meeting to uh, to finalize some some contracts for you know business and things of that nature. No, you you can't coach remotely. You you can't. Uh, that that's not. Uh, we we've come a long way when it comes to uh, what we can and cannot do in a remote environment coaching no you you can't do that uh so i feel them on that because you're trying to circumvent things um in my business people will try to circumvent the guidelines that we have in place to protect our uh our equipment to protect our merchandise it's like in order to obtain uh the right to access this you must provide these things oh i I just have my 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 friend do it and then i'll take it from there no 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 uh-uh. if you're gonna be involved with this in any way shape form or fashion you are going to qualify in order to do it if you can't qualify then you can't do it so okay so i have that is is this a sign that cambosis camp is looking for any edge that they can get because this I, now i get it it's help but it doesn't seem like that's just so much of a big deal that oh it's gonna make or break this fight like th- th- does that ultimately give Haney the edge knowing knowing this or is this uh, give Haney the edge knowing that they turned it down or does it give him <laughs> an edge having his his father and primary trainer able to speak to him real time but he still got Yura uh, 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 Judah in, in the corner, which is, this is great. I mean, he, he actually helped co-train him. So I don't see how uh, okay. that would have made. I, and I, I hear you on that. And I've heard people say things about Yoel. Um, but Yoel has not, or at least in the time that I've known of Devin Haynes, mm-hmm. never seen Yoel anywhere near the fight, much less the corner now uh, what I didn't know that I learned recently is that Zab is Devin's uh, godfather and Zab has been working with his dad in, in doing this now we talked about it before uh, Haney has said look I, I built this fraternity of championship trainers to build my son but Yoel has not been in his corner and not only has Yoel not been in his corner, Ben Davidson is having the same issues that uh, Bill Haney is having with getting into Australia because of some uh, because of, of legal issues with his visa as well, who has been his chief corner. If Ben Davidson was there, I, I don't think there'd be as much of a concern but you're missing two key elements in your corner and you're going with somebody who you've not had before in the biggest fight of your career that's that's major that's major if Haney were able to say some things through you know or hear you know you can hear my voice through the headphone okay yeah that 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 would make a difference that would make a difference and I don't think it's 
petty or uh, small uh, or even just extra of the convulsive camps to say, no, you can't do that. That's an unfair advantage. If the man can't legally be in this country to work, you're not, you know, we're not going to allow you to circumvent the rules. Um, and the, the commission should not allow it. Like, you can ask for anything. That doesn't mean you can get it. Makes sense. It makes sense. So, so okay. So, with all that being said, how do you see this fight playing out with everything finally now being put into place? Bill Haney not being able to go. I know you don't do spoilers, but give us your thoughts on how you see this fight playing out. Uh, I see it. I really don't know. I really don't know i can tell you where each person has the advantages uh cambosis has the advantage of being at home having everyone the whole nation behind you fighting at marvel stadium i I wore my marvel uh shirt on purpose today uh, for those who can see um you know, but you, you got this fight at, at Marvel Stadium and all these people backing you and everything set up for you. Even if you lose, there's a guaranteed rematch clause in Australia, a place where neither of his primary trainers can get in to fight. So he, he's got a lot going for him and he is the main attraction uh, in this being uh, ferocious he's undefeated and he is the man and rightfully so no one expected this and uh, if Teofimo had beaten him Cambosis we wouldn't be talking about this as a matter of fact that, that fight it was on and off again on and off again so much so I remember when Cambosis was like yeah yeah let's do it I, I believe it was supposed to be done in Australia through Triller and that's when it fell apart with Tay was like I'm not going over there to fight this dude who is this dude had he not uh, had Tao actually fought because that was really the problem he was sitting in there playing patty cakes and, and not paying attention had he fought the whole time we may not even be talking about this fight we forget that fero- that ferocious Cambosis just came into prominence because of beating uh, Teofimo Lopez because it was a fight that nobody expected him to win. He's been a road warrior. It's been five years since he's fought in Melbourne. Uh, like I said, he, he will have everyone behind him, and he's also fighting at Marvel Stadium, the same stadium where... Holly Holm knocked Ronda Rousey out and pretty much knocked her out of uh, MMA. It's the same stadium where Israel Alessandra knocked out Robert Whitaker to win the full championship. I mean, it's some history in this stadium. This 50,000 plus Aussie football stadium that will be full of people rooting and cheering him on. But that also brings with it the pressure. Yeah, he's been talking big, but it's this imposter syndrome. Because again, he wasn't supposed to be Teofimo Lopez. He did, and he did so uh, very well. But but still, there's some question marks 
regarding Teofimo's mindset going into that fight and after the fight. If he was focused on facing him the way that he was focused on facing um, uh, um, Lomachenko, would it have been the same kind of fight? Probably not, because he fought the whole fight that time. Uh, and actually, th- that was the reason why he won, because uh, Loma didn't come on until the later rounds. He was already thinking about fighting and talking about fighting Haney and, and everybody else. He was overlooking him. Had that not happened, we wouldn't be talking about Camposis. Or we may not be talking about Camposis. And this Ironically, is the first Cambosis, I'm sorry. Ironically, Cambosis actually stated that Haney is who gave the detail to beat uh, uh, Tefono in the last fight. Mm-hmm. He called him He called him rat. Said he, he snitched him out. They were kind of going back back for believe in the last week about this. That and, and Haney denied it. He's like, we're not even friends. Why would I? Why would I do that? But, but I, and he, even if he did. How's it? How's that a rat? It's not like he and Teofimo are the best of friends or anything. They don't like each other, and they were looking forward to fighting each other. If I can give somebody, you know, a heads up on how to do something, that's not a rat. Now you being a snitch because you're giving up your re- your uh your resources. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That I I I know they've been going back and forth, but I hadn't heard that piece. That's dumb. If somebody's giving yeah. you game and then you putting out there, it's not that I beat them. I beat them because this great box of mine I'm getting ready to face gave me the blueprint. Come on, man. You, you, you sound stupid and you're making yourself look dumb. Caught him a rat, said he sold him out. It's, it's going to be exciting to see. I, I, I'm i definitely of the thought process that I, I think Haney still pulls us out. Like you said, Campos is you know, we weren't even talking about him not put off the upset. But I still think Henny pulls this out and I think he kind of shows us what he's made of, especially with his his father not being there. So Yeah, yeah. I mean the the if he were to win, this is the perfect kind of Cinderella story because of everything he has to overcome. Uh including some of the talk from the other kings or the four princes, I think they're called four or five princes. I don't know. But the, the people in this weight class that are all right there together. Uh, one being Tank, who called Devin an internet champ. And I get that because he did he did receive his title by way of internet when they created the um because Devin was an interim champ. Then mm-hmm. they created the franchise champ for WBC and they elevated Teofimo Lopez to that champ and said, okay, now this is the full championship. So I get what he's saying, but come on, Tank. You carry a secondary WBA title. You got the regular title. You don't have the super title. The super title is the real title. So, you know, kind of like a, a pot calling the kettle black, but that still holds weight. You're not the real champ. Cambosis holds all the belts. He is the real champ. And Devin has looked phenomenal. But the people he's fought haven't been the 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 at least at their peak. He beat an old Gamboa. He got rocked by a battle-worn Linares. He beat Jojo Diaz, but it was two weight classes above where he held his title. And for Haney, I know he, you know, he's focused on doing this, 
but is he looking past this fight to a second fight there is no second fight if you don't get through this one is the pressure too much for him on that end the same way that the pressure may be on Cambosis uh, very much so by having to carry the weight of this major event at home I, I, again I, you asked me who was going to win I told you I don't know does uh, Haney have the skills to do it I believe he does uh, has Cambosis shown us that he can uh, rise to the occasion and get the job done he has which fighter will be able to um, enforce their will and enforce their game plan that remains to be seen um, skill wise and really uh, uh, um, having the weapons I would say that leans more so toward Haney but Cambosis is a champ and Cambosis oh, is undefeated as well there you have it. <laughs> you you get the best of of, of curated content uh, on combat sports boxing. Voice, voice. Thank you again for another dope dope show. Uh, we are literally at the end of our time. Voice, do you have any last takes you want to provide, or anything you want to take us out with? No, I'm just I'm looking forward uh, to these fights and to. Uh, some of the other very very exciting fights coming up in the month of June awesome well ladies and gentlemen thank you you can also make sure to catch us uh, Wednesday nights on MTMV Sports 9pm for the fight night update Uh, also check here of course for the main card it's me Will T it's the man the myth the legend the voice thank you for joining us for another episode around until the next time, fight the good fight.